0: This podcast is brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry.
1: This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking to attorney Adam Green about the results of Healthcare Info Security's inaugural Healthcare Information Security Today survey. Thanks for joining us today, Adam.
0: Thank you for having me, Howard. The survey confirms that
1: many healthcare organizations still have a long way to go when it comes to information security. For example, only 60% of organizations reported that they have a documented information security strategy in place, and nearly 70% estimate they devote 3% or less of their IT budgets to information security. So why do you think that information security is not yet a higher priority for many?
0: I think that information security has been a victim of budget triage. Every organization would like to have robust security, but probably feels the need to place their resources elsewhere. This may be due to a lack of enforcement and transparency in the past. Only a few years ago, if you had a security incident, it was unlikely to come to the attention of regulators or patients, and it was therefore unlikely to result in enforcement problems or reputational damage. So the incentives were not necessarily there to put much of your resources into security. I think this really began to change with state breach notification laws when organizations suddenly had to start airing their dirty laundry with respect to security incidents. I think this resulted in significant hits to reputations, and I think that led to an increase in security as a priority, and I think that's going to increase even more as state and federal enforcement picks up in this area. The
1: survey found that improving regulatory compliance efforts was the number one information security priority for healthcare organizations in the coming year. So why do you think that's the case?
0: I think it's a matter of reputation, enforcement, and attestation. I, I think executives are seeing large breaches of data, of patient data, on front pages, and it's suddenly becoming a much stronger incentive for them to allocate resources to information security. Additionally, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that the age of a strictly voluntary compliance with respect to HIPAA has come to an end, and the threats of expensive settlements and corrective action plans with federal and state regulators is becoming an increasing reality. Finally, I wouldn't underestimate the impact of the Meaningful Use Program and the requirement to attest to a risk analysis and risk management program. For many, this is really the first time that they are vouching for their organization's security. And so before putting their name on the dotted line, I think they're taking a look and realizing that there's work to be done. Speaking of risk assessments, the
1: survey showed that about a quarter of organizations have yet to conduct one, even though such an assessment has been required under HIPAA for a number of years. Why are so many still lagging, and uh, what advice would you offer about how to get an assessment completed quickly and effectively, and then how often it should be updated?
0: Well, I think that the lack of an enterprise-wide risk assessment, despite over five years of being required, is due to similar causes as the lack of overall information security resources. In a world of exceedingly limited resources, risk assessments have a hard time rising to the top of the budget list. Smaller organizations may not even know where to start, or may not have placed security rule compliance as a big priority. Large organizations may view it as a large, expensive effort that will only lead to more expenses as threats and vulnerabilities are highlighted, especially if the possibility of enforcement is remote. I think the percentage of risk assessments will increase in the future as enforcement increases. For example, based on these numbers, it appears inevitable that a significant portion of the upcoming 150 audits We'll find covered entities with no risk assessment, and those may be some of the most likely candidates for referral to the Office for Civil Rights Investigators and for the possibility of formal enforcement. Risk assessments are not easy. It's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and a checklist approach will not serve an organization well. It really does require expending thought and looking at what threats and vulnerabilities are specific to your organization, but there are definitely tools to help, whether it be contracting with an outside expert um, of which there are some great resources out there, or whether it be using the guidance that's been put out by both the Office for Civil Rights and the National Institutes of Standards and Technology. Risk assessments don't need to be as daunting as I think they are to some people. And as for the timing, I would say, ideally you should be shooting for an annual assessment. There's no hard and fast rules, but the state of technology and the threats out there change uh, so rapidly that doing, for example, a risk assessment every three years is probably not going to cut it in the eyes of regulators.
1: Only half of organizations have a detailed plan in place to comply with the HIPAA interim final breach notification rule. And 65% of organizations say they do not have a portion of their IT budget allocated specifically for breach detection, response, and notification costs. So why hasn't development of such a plan been a priority for so many organizations, and what are the essential elements of such a plan that they should have in place?
0: Well, I think some organizations may think that they will simply deal with breaches as they arise and that either they do not need to or do not want to proactively seek to detect breaches. It'll be interesting to see in the years to come whether some of the large breaches that have been reported so far will lead to enforcement actions and if this will have an impact on organizations and their planning. If an organization does not have a breach plan, it will not proactively find breaches, and this is really rolling the dice with the potential for hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in penalties. On the one side, if you don't learn of the breaches and report them, it is unlikely that the patient will ever learn, and so enforcement may be unlikely. But I think it's important to keep in mind that there remains a real chance that at some point, a patient will learn of a breach, file a complaint with OCR, and by the time it comes to your privacy, security, or general counsel, the, the organization may be months over the deadline for reporting. It remains to be seen how OCR will handle such cases, especially once regulations are finalized, which place a greater pressure on OCR to seek financial penalties in cases of willful neglect. Cases where someone in the organization knew about a breach and didn't report it may be prime candidates for willful neglect violations. So I'd recommend that organizations focus on both a top-down and bottom-up approach to breach detection with a tested response program in place. Top-down would be information security staff proactively auditing records to find potential breaches. There's various ways to do auditing, but it's important to do smart auditing rather than just a completely random sample. Um, So there are certainly tools available to do algorithms that may hone in on potential problem areas. The bottom-up approach is ensuring that all staff are trained to recognize what is PHI, because sometimes this is not fully understood, and then understand when PHI may have been breached and to whom to report a breach. Because the breach notification rule imputes the organization with knowledge of any staff learning of a breach, it's important to make sure that there's a good reporting structure in place. According to this
1: survey, two other top priorities for the coming year are improving security awareness and education for physicians, staff, executives, and board members, and improving mobile device security. Should these indeed be high-priority action items for the year ahead for most organizations? And what other steps should be top priorities in the coming year, do you think?
0: Well, I definitely agree with organizations that these should be top priorities. Uh, Training, I would recommend be focused on the organization's specific problem areas, in addition to overall compliance. So if there have been laptop thefts, for example, or improper disposal of hard copies or electronic media, make sure the training addresses those issues rather than just doing the same generic training from year to year. Also, the case for encrypting laptops continues to get stronger and stronger. Uh, The bigger challenge on mobile devices are probably the non-laptops, such as ensuring that PHI is not left on physician-owned iPads or smartphones. I would add, though, another top priority should definitely be risk assessments. This is really intended to be the foundation of a security program, and so if you don't have one, or if your organization's risk assessment is inadequate or out of date, you're going to have a hard time responding to a HIPAA audit or investigation. Okay, finally,
1: did you find any of the other results of the survey to be particularly surprising or concerning?
0: My biggest surprise was that only 25% of respondents indicated that they had had a health information breach of any size. Even with a significant portion of impermissible uses and disclosures not qualifying as breaches, I expect that far more than 25% of organizations are experiencing impermissible uses and disclosures of some size, which have the potential to cause reputational or, or financial harm to individuals. So either organization's security practices are better than I thought, which is not really suggested by the rest of the survey responses. or Organizations may not be looking very hard.
1: Do you think perhaps that some of the survey respondents were just focused on the major breaches that after you be reported uh, to OCR within 60 days, uh, that those that affect 500 or more and maybe uh, assume that uh, that's what we were looking for rather than the smaller breaches, could that be part of it too?
0: I think that could be part of it. There may have been some confusion with respect to the scope of the question, but small breaches also are sometimes the much harder ones to catch. When you've got a large breach, it's readily apparent much of the time, whereas oftentimes it requires proactive monitoring to find all the small breaches that are going on in the organization. And that's where I think organizations are really not putting their resources. And so they're simply unaware, I think, of the volume of small breaches that may be happening. But if there was really this few impermissible uses and disclosures, then the privacy officers and security officers I know would have a lot more time on their hands, which is simply not the case. Thank you so
1: much. We've been talking today with Attorney Adam Green of Davis Wright Tremaine. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.HealthCareInfoSecurity.com.